We live in a society that's constantly trying to change everything around it. But what if we spent more time changing what we can control ourselves? My name is Brad. And I'm Justin. And we want to invite you to join us as we talk with some of our friends about using this amazing tool called the Enneagram as we build the new you to be better today for a better tomorrow. Hey guys, welcome to episode three of the Better Today podcast. I am Brad Livingston. And I am Justin Oswald. And we are so excited that you guys are back with us today. And uh, uh, before we get into all the tremendous conversation we are going to have today, um, the very first guest on our podcast from our class in Atlanta, yes. uh, minus Michelle, who was with us last week, who was incredible um but our first guest our first type one uh one of the people we've been able to keep in contact with ever since all of this started because we're in a giant group text where we bug each other and send photos of useless information but we all love it about each other uh is our friend aaron oranen and uh so aaron say hello to everybody hey (laughs) so glad you're uh so glad you're taking time to be with us and telling people aaron is um we're going through the Enneagram types. Yep. Aaron is a one. Yep. Which is an exciting type. <laughs> <laughs> the, the that was your response, not ours. <laughs> the, the face. The face. That is an, it is an exciting type, I think, because, um, man, I, I can I can see myself and, and so much of how ones operate. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I really can. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron are you familiar with uh, Matt Chandler, uh, Village Church, Dallas, Texas? Are you familiar with his stuff? Okay. He was talking, I heard him talking about, so he runs his church, operates with a trio of pastors on his campus. Um, And he was talking about, as he was talking, I was kind of typing him in this particular conversation. (laughs) And uh, so as I was typing him, he would mention how him and these other two pastors are all, they they all have different strengths and whatever, whatever. Anyways, he was talking about how he's just non-hospitable. He's not that guy. Hey, I need some water. Like, great. It's over there. Okay. Like he was talking about that, but he mentioned another pastor who was like, that's the guy that like, if we were building a building, he'd be the one that's like, you think we ought to put some steps to that second, uh, to the second floor, like an elevator? Like, oh yeah. So those are one, that's the ones that I think of that are like, you know, we keep, keep, you guys keep the world go around. Right. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Aaron, tell us a little, we, before we dive into the, the, what it means to be a type one and all those things, tell our, our listeners just a little bit about who you are, what you do and all, and all those things. Yeah, Sure. Um, Well, I live in Spokane, Washington, so that's the east side of Washington State on the other side of the state from Seattle. Um, I married my high school sweetheart. We've been married for 18 years, which feels kind of like we got married yesterday and also like we've been married for 75 years. (laughs) But we lived in Portland for 10 years, um, had both of our kids there. I worked at Nike for a long time there. I was in charge of recruiting. um, I helped recruiting advertising and marketing people at Nike. And then after um, having two kids and my second child was very colicky and cried 14 hours a day, we finally decided to move closer to family where, you know, we could have some help. So (laughs) moved to Spokane, Washington in 2011. And I was a stay-at-home mom for a good chunk of their growing up years. And since then, I've been doing sales coaching for quite a while, and I just started working with my brother's franchising company two years ago, where I do um, the bulk of the, um, we together do the development of the sales training for franchises who purchase a franchise, and then their salespeople, and then I do sales coaching with them while they're out in the field, so over the phone. Okay. Um, work. That sounds exciting. That's awesome. First question is, do you have a hookup on some Jordans at <laughs> yeah. Nike? <laughs> yeah. right? Do you have any connections at to. Nike? <laughs> I used to. I do still have some some connections there, but yeah, it kills me to buy any pair of Nikes like full price. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm not buying shoes from like Foot Locker very often. I'm like, let me get on StockX and find. Yeah, it. you're paying. Exactly. You're paying more than retail. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. No, that's that's funny. Yep. And then um, I love the 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 sales talk. I was in sales for years and years, so. Yeah, so when you talk about sales, now now I get excited. Justin and I, we we both had pretty successful sales gigs in the corporate world. 
before okay. we went into ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's not a lot of diff- there's there's not a lot of variance between the two. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we talk about it all the time. <laughs> really, yeah, you're yeah. so right. Yeah, it's so right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we know you're a type one. What is your subtype? Social. Social one. Okay. Cool. Social. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. And uh, so in getting and discovering more about Aaron, what what are the three musical artists that either your favorite, like top three of all time or the three you're just most listening to right now? Yeah. So um, I would say so Martin Sexton is my favorite all time artist and he has never gone mainstream. So he's an independent artist. Have you either either of you heard of him before? Nope. I have heard okay. of him, but I don't I couldn't I don't know any songs or anything. Okay. Yeah, look him up. So we've seen him in concert several times. He's Syracuse, New York, but just like the most amazing voice, kind of folk, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but he's my favorite. Um, It's so hard. I would say my newest favorite is Foy Vance. Um, He's incredible. And then Coldplay is my like go-to if I'm on the spin bike or just like home with the kids, I'll just blast that. (laughs) That's like my favorite mainstream artist, probably. Okay. You're a Coldplay fan too. I am a Coldplay fan. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. They're uh, Coldplay is a special breed. You know, introducing that that tonal uh, world into the music world during the time frame they did it. It was only like them in the fray that totally. was kind of, that was doing that piano rock thing. Uh, and Coldplay has so much of a U two vibe mixed in with this piano yeah. world that was so special. So yeah, I feel that. And then, you know, and me and Brad are both foodies, big foodies. Okay. So we sure. got, we got to know what, what, what do you get down with? What's your favorite kind of food? That's a really hard question. Cause food is my number one love language. Okay. But Come on. Yes. <laughs> I would say any type of bowl. That's like all the things with some sort of amazing sauce. So it can be Thai influenced, Mexican influenced, any other influence, but like you've got your rice and you've got your greens, you've got roasted sweet potatoes and some sort of shredded pork and then toasted peanuts and then cilantro and then a sauce. Come on. Oh, that, that's my, I could eat that every day for the rest of my life. That, Come on. That sounds good except the peanuts. I'm allergic. Yeah, so well. Just, yeah. Yeah. You got to have something crunchy on there. So no peanuts, you know, whatever. Walnuts, the texture, a texture breakup in the bowl is what yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I like plantains. So when you first said bowl, I, I thought of KFC, like a KFC bowl. <laughs> you know, the, no. the mashed potatoes. I the cor- <laughs> I, I thought you said you're a foodie. <laughs> oh, I don't eat that. I just what I first. That's what I thought of. Yeah. 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 yeah I, no. I, I was I was hoping you weren't gonna say that. You know, if you were gonna say that. No. No. Like, no. Oh, not. Not KFC. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So, is there is there a uh, is there like a genre of food that you're like, ooh, that's the one? Like, at all is Indian, Mexican, or just kind of as long as it's in a bowl, no. like whatever. No, I do love Thai food. If Thai food's like date night staple, like okay. I would love. You know, I went to I got to go to Thailand when I was younger, and I think I actually fell in love with it long after that. But I just I love Thai food. So. that's so awesome sounds good to me yeah i'm, I'm all i'm yeah. all about it L- lately i've been on a pizza a pizza thing mm. i can't get enough pizza it's, <laughs> it's weird it is so weird justin is a binger when it comes to food like he'll binge for like three it. months on it yeah so. no I, I and i don't mean just like all good pizza I, i've been good <laughs> pizza from like one of the best places in town and then the next day i was making a frozen yeah, pizza you. I was like, I was a frozen, as a tombstone, you know, like in the <laughs> oven, and I was like, it was as happy as can be. Um, yeah, I, I've been on a pizza kick. So uh, bread, sauce, and cheese, man. That's that's the yeah. trinity. So uh, in the Enneagram world, um, Aaron, walk us through like what it was like discovering and your journey and kind of finding the Enneagram. What did that look like for you? Yeah, I've heard um, someone say, I think it was Suzanne Stabile, has said that you don't find the Enneagram, the Enneagram finds you. And that was really the case for me um, because I'd heard about it, you know, five to seven years ago, people would say, what are you on the Enneagram? Do you know about it? And I would like, I'd like Google it and try to, um, you know, side note, for a long time, I thought I was a five because I am a total researcher. Okay. and so I didn't, I didn't know about that then, but I would just try to find as much information as I could, but I just wasn't in the place right then that I could like, um, 
really dive in. And so I would like take a free test online and it said I was a seven and then some test that I was a three, like two years later, I was like, Oh, I'm going to take that again. It said my husband and myself and my sister and her husband were all threes. I'm like, that doesn't seem like we're all (laughs) anyway. So about two years ago, I went through, um, you know, just like a time in my life that I think a lot of people, a lot of people in my circle have gone through kind of like a reckoning or something really difficult in life that just brought them to their knees. Mm. Uh, and I, and I was kind of wrestling through this time and I'm very much attracted to personal development and, you know, I'll just get totally into everything, birth yeah. order, and Myers-Briggs and straight finders and all that stuff. Oh yeah. And during that time, a friend of mine, actually two friends were like, um, you should just check out the Enneagram. You know, it's like the first time that I was like, okay, I actually have an appetite that's big enough for this to like dive in and do it the right way, which that's totally one speak. But I do, <laughs> that, I do think that if you have the time and the bandwidth, podcasting and reading and just sitting with it is like a really good way before the IEQ nine came, but that, that is the only way I knew to really find out your type. Um, and so through a lot, it took me a few months of a lot of like information and understanding. And I thought I was a four or a five for a while. Um, there was something that I read about the childhood wound of the one. I'm sorry. I'm in my office. And there's oh, a train. Right. I don't hear me. Okay. Yeah, good. Um, I, I read this thing about the childhood wound of the one and it was almost like, it was like the saddest, but also like, oh my gosh, that's me. Like that eek factor Michelle talks about. <laughs> it was like a, it was like a gut punch kind of like, oh. But it was also like, oh, I'm a one. Like that's totally me. I, I have a line to four and I understand the five, but I this is totally me. And then I got so into it. Then, you know, in my work, I actually use the IEQ nine with all the people I'm coaching because it helps me to quickly know who I'm talking to from mm-hmm. a lens of like, Oh, what motivates them and stuff like that. And so, um, I took the IUQ nine before I rolled it out in our, in our company and it confirmed that I was a one. So <laughs> that that's awesome. So yeah. one, one of the things we want to do, um, hearing, hearing your journey to the Enneagram, but one of the things we want to do with each type for, for, uh, we don't want to assume everybody who's listening knows what all the types are. So I'm just going to yeah. kind of read it's from our, you know, the integrative, uh, nine stuff. I'm just going to kind of read, um, what a one is, and then we'll kind of talk a little bit about it, how, why it resonates with you and all that. Um, the, the Enneagram type one is called the strict perfectionist. Um, Enneagram ones value principles and integrity and are driven by the motivational need to be good and right. Their name comes from their striving for perfection and self-control. Integrity and quality will also be important to them. Ones tend to appreciate standards, principles, and structure. At their best, ones are tolerant, self-accepting, and serene, offering uh, dignity and discernment to themselves and the world around them. Less healthy type ones tend to be judgmental, uncompromising, and uh, pendentic, driven by critical gaze and an acute awareness of their own imperfections and sense of not being good enough. That, yep. that that unhealthy one that gets that, that gets everybody that right? gets everybody. I mean, <laughs> when, we, when we when you read that part, you know, I'm not looking forward to doing the threes when we read this on the <laughs> microphone. But um, yeah. but but yeah, I mean, so obviously that resonates with you and who you are and those and those type of things. Um, and and I, I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to assume, but I'm going to ask that you're being that you're uh, been on a self awareness journey and been into the Myers Briggs and Strengths Finder and all these things before. That you're probably more on the healthier side than the unhealthy side uh, of the one. But you know, speak to some of that with with those things of what it means to be a one and the the you know driven to be to have things good and right and order and structure and all those things. Yeah. Um, well. One thing because of subtypes, and if you are new to the Enneagram, like I remember thinking like literally can't when I even heard about subtypes because it was like too much. There's so much just numbers. It's like, ah, but you could have a hundred ones in a room and we would all look very different with the yeah. way that that manifests in us. And same with a three or an eight. Um, so I would say what really, what really resonates with me is the constant is the inner critic. So it's mm. like, everyone understands what it's like to like hold yourself to a standard and you feel bummed when you suck at something and whatever. 
but at one is the only number on the on the enneagram that's rating. Mm. More trouble. It's ours. It's our end. Michelle, we lost... Uh, Michelle. Aaron. <laughs> Aaron, we lost you for a second. Hold on one second. We're yeah. having some internet. Okay. Issue. You're back. Sorry. It's on our end. Uh, that was so. on our end. We, our, my internet must have cut out. We're really sorry. Um, yeah. we'll, no, that's okay. And we'll edit, we'll edit that out. Um, yeah. We, was that me or you? I think, it was, uh, I think it was our end. It said we had an unstable internet connection, but... Um, yeah. Okay. We, what we got out of you, uh, if you can maybe rehash a little bit of what you said, uh, we got the inner critic part. So you were talking yeah. about the inner critic, and that was kind of where we lost you. I paused there because you guys were frozen. Okay. Oh, <clears throat> the, the inner critic. So every number on everyone has like an inner, has a, you know, whatever may have like, Oh, I should have been done better at that. But a one in particular has an inner critic that the way I would describe it is it is like a constant B rating that you didn't do that good enough and you could have been better and you should do more. And I was a competitive gymnast growing up and I don't think gymnastics made me that way. I think, um, because I'm a one gymnastics was a good fit for me because you just push and push and push yourself. Um, in, I guess even in just my adult life, I've started to realize that like me operating at what looks like a hundred percent to me is most people. It's like they're, it's their 200%, you know, like I, I, my standard for myself is just so incredibly high that it's exhausting. Yeah. Um, so you get exhausted constantly from that, like, you should do more. There's more you can do. And that never ends. So that inner critic is so, you know, you know I, I think about, you know, we, we've worked with, with there, there's a couple ones in our organization. And I think of one of the guys that, that he leads some of our teams and he's very much uh structure order and getting things on a spreadsheet and, you know, detail, 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 um, you know, but what, one of my perceptions of ones is anything that comes across as even asking questions like, Hey, why did, why did you do this this way hmm. in their mind? Uh, took uh, could take it super personal like like that it's not even a question it's an attack and i and i have my gut feeling is that inner critic has already been on them about whatever that thing is that the question from someone else is uh, was almost not even heard the, the the question wasn't heard it was just now they're now they're critiquing me like i've been been doing mm -hmm. does that make sense it's almost like the yeah. inner critic uh, I, I mean does my question make sense um yeah. the inner critic can be so loud that anything that that maybe even ask questions about what they've done can almost feel like a personal attack mm -hmm. this is how it's been really useful in my marriage because it gives language like you said brad it gives language to um my husband and I have both been learning about this so much that he, there have been times that he's been like, oh, I see what's going on here. You're feeling really defensive because you're already like got this. Right. This, you know, and so, yes, I don't relate with the spreadsheets. A lot of people think like ones like Michelle yeah. made a couple. We're going to change the schedule today. But all the ones in the room are like freaking out. And I was like, don't care. Like, that's yeah. not at all how it manifests for me. Like, I'm pretty whatever but certain things like if it's about parenting and my husband's like well why'd you do that to me i hear you are bad you're not worthy that was wrong mm. you messed up when really he was just asking why'd you do that before you know right. something that matters so much to me anyway and i already feel like i'm effing it up and then a question about yeah, it can yeah yeah for a very reactive one if they're not in a good space yeah. Yeah. I, I've noticed that too with, with quite a few people is it's like, um, some of the ones that we're working with and the one that in particular that Justin is talking about, he's very, he doesn't have a problem with the questions when someone else that he is comfortable with leading charge is currently leading charge. Um, okay. and so he, like, he doesn't, um, he feel I guess the a term could be like he kind of feels comfortable under the umbrella of good leadership. Yeah. Um, yeah. But whenever he feels like he he's the captain of the ship, that's when and it's something he really really cares about, rather as opposed to maybe being indifferent. That's when we see that, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, I'm, I don't want to use that word. I was going to use insecurity, but it's not really insecurity. It, it's just a um, a 
it's striving for perfection. Stri- yeah, yeah. It, you know, is this thing of needing to to make sure that it's right. You know what I mean? And so I feel like it's kind of like I'm going to court every day, and I'm like, wow, presenting my case to the judge. Wow. And when someone asks a question like that, it's like the jury's already against me, and I'm I'm already hoping that I'm. Yeah, I don't, it's like it's hard to just you don't process the thought, but it's just like I'm constantly like I'm doing these things, like I'm just trying so hard to do the right thing. And when they say a one has to be right, I don't feel like I have to be right in an argument. It's not like they have to be right. Mm-hmm. I have to do good. Like I have to you do, have to do what right is right. You don't what have to be right. right. You have to do what is right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like standing before a judge constantly. And then like, I can rest easy when it's like, oh, I did my best. I did all the things and I feel really good about that. But the next day you start at zero. So that's how it feels in like an average space. And in that, and in that analogy, I'm assuming that you're both the prosecutor and the defendant, right? Like judge <laughs> is also me. Looks just like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. So you're right. And you mentioned something earlier that I, I I wanted to ask you about. You know, you talked about um, having that standard as a one, the standard for you of like, it has to be right. It has to be as good as possible. Um, you know, you're a version of right, you know, and just what you were talking about earlier. The question I have for you um, is, do you, and the answer can be yes, it can be no, or it can be when I'm unhealthy or when whatever. Like, um, do you expect that same standard out of others? Like, are you frustrated when other people don't seem to want to like do think like the right way or whatever the case may be? That's a really good question. And I would say, you know, five years ago, I think I would have been like, no, I don't expect that. I just expect that of myself. But the answer is until I started, um, until I got to a point where all the things that I used that used to help me didn't help anymore. And so I was on this personal development, like really just God, what do you, what do you, what, what are you doing here? Like what it was until I could learn to be truly compassionate with myself that I could actually offer that really offer it to other people. Yeah. So I think I hid from the fact that I was critical of other people, definitely in an unhealthy space. It creeps up all the time. I'm beating myself down and everyone else, not like people I'm not close to, but people in my circle mm-hmm. that aren't holding to the same standard as me. I'm critical, but it's actually anger that they don't have, that they're not spinning their wheels like I am. Mm. So it's, it's more like almost envy, like, Oh, it must be nice that you have so much help or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. Sure. Um, but it was until I could offer truly offer compassion myself going, wow, this is really hard for me. Like I'm struggling. And then I just let the judgment go and let all that go. Then I can actually offer that to other people, but I have to go through those steps to be able to really um, authentically feel that. That's really, that's, that's really, really good. And I think that, I don't think that's, I think that's every type, you know, like, uh, the unhealthy, when we're unhealthy, we create, uh, you know, it's a, it's a phrase we use around here a little bit, you know, it's like, don't hold yourself, uh, you know, uh, don't judge yourself by your intentions, but everyone else by their actions type of thing. And it's almost like we sit in that we can, I think every type can sit in that space where, because we're, we're unhealthy, we start expecting, healthy things out of everyone else except for ourselves sometimes. Um, and we kind of have to go on that journey of what you were talking about of kind of getting, getting ourselves to, to, to that point. So how, how do you, when you were back, you know, back in your days when you were, you know, at Nike and doing recruiting and, and you guys uh, are breaking up. Okay. Say that again. When you were back at, at Nike and you were working with uh, salespeople and doing recruiting and, and, you know, uh, as part of a team, but working with teams, how did looking back, I don't know where you were on your Enneagram journey at that point, but looking back now as a, as a one and, and being aware of that, how did that play a role in what you did for good or bad? Did, did it help you in your career? Cause obviously you've, you've moved on from that, but you still do coaching. You still work, you know, work in the, uh, with the franchise with your brother. How does being a one help you in that, in, in that with those teams and those people? <clears throat> How did it help me at Nike specifically? Yeah. Okay. I was, I would, I would classify that time in my life as I was very unconscious to my patterns. Okay. So I was good. I was on fire. I was so good. And I was, you know, 25 and loving my job and doing great. 
Um, the downside of that is I was totally unaware of the, um, the inner critic and also the way that I could be critical, you know, it was all in my head because a one is a compliant stance. So I'm not assertive like you two, like with, you got to be this way and you got to do that. It, it <laughs> was more like in my, yeah, in my head, it was like, it's not how I would do it. Not how I would do it. And trying to figure out a way to mm. make it better and like fix everything. You know, ones just feel like they need to fix yeah. everything. Um, and so, but it was not a time. I mean, I was, I've always been self-aware and like a journaler and like, you know, that kind of stuff. But, this is a huge piece of the puzzle that's kind of locked into place that would have been really useful back then. Yeah. If we all had this when we were 25, right? right. Like, dear seriously. Seriously. Yeah. seriously. <laughs> and then even now, how, uh, I would like to hear a little bit about, you know, you said you do coaching and you mm-hmm. use the IEQ nine. How, how specifically do you use it with, with your coaching? So when a franchise, uh, when a, person buys a franchise, they hire a team and they come out and we train them here in Spokane, Washington. And then they go back out to their territory and they launch their business. And as soon as they're launched, their salesperson, they usually have one or two salespeople. I coach them weekly on the phone. So I will administer the IEQ nine and have them so that I know just quickly, because I'm not going to expect them to spend six months like soul searching, you know, to right. figure out what um, and who knows if they would. And then so the way I use that is I'll like run through the test a little bit with them, but it's more for me because sales is hard as you both know. And it's really helpful because I might be working like today. I was on the phone with a two, you know, who's struggling with X, Y, and Z. And that's totally different than a seven struggling in the, in the field. Like the seven is going to have no trouble asserting himself or herself and just being like, but they're going to be like pretty um, lacking on the details. And so their business from, a minutia standpoint is like falling apart because they have no, you know, this person in particular's business cards all over and who knows where they're going next, yeah. but they're like seeing people. The two is just really wants to be liked and appreciated and great at um, developing relationships, but they struggle more with the like um, getting out and seeing new people and risking being not liked or appreciated at the get go. Yeah. So I use it more like in that way. You use it more as like you said, for you to determine, Oh my, when you said that, I thought of love languages, like you, you almost use it. So you know how to kind of communicate or at least how to coach and lead them based on how they process information and how they see the world. Yeah. It's twofold. It's how they're going to hear from me. So like a more compliant or withdrawn stance, I'm going to communicate differently than an assertive stance, which I'm way more like straightforward, which I've really been working on. Um, but it's also, I can kind of preemptively guess I can discern what their issues are going to be with the job that they have. Yeah. That's very good. So that's interesting. Me narrow it down. That's awesome. That's awesome. So in, in your discovery of yourself as a type one, I'm, I'm always curious. One of the things I'm always curious in, uh, is like the, from, uh, growth slash development strategy type thing. Right. So in your journey on the Enneagram, um, you have, you let's, let's talk about lines for a second. Like you have a four line, five line, right? Uh, and yep. your, your release is a five line four, four and seven, uh, four and seven, four and seven. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Your yeah. release is a seven, seven. line. Seven. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so walk me through maybe like, is there maybe an incident recently or any, or just, you know, that you can think of, of like, uh, where you've navigated both of those lines and what does it look like? One of the things where we want to do for the listeners, you know, we talk about adding value for them, um, is a fellow ones that are listening, um, to give real life, uh, practical examples of like, man, this is what it looks like for me personally to channel my release line. And this is what I feel like I experience when I'm sitting in my stress line. Uh, and kind of what does that look like for you? Yeah. I think one of the most useful things I heard on a podcast when I was in the stage of like, just trying to figure out, you know, who am I, um, was, um, someone taught the lines as, so my stress line is to a four and they taught it as, that number that you go to in stress is there to almost like save you. It's like your tap out number. Um, and that I really, really resonate with. I, a four, the four and the five were the two that I was like, gosh, am I a four or five before I knew I was a one. Um, I love all the sad songs and emo music and journaling, <laughs> lighting a candle and just being like in my feelings, totally comfortable with that. And that was a lot of my, 
I grew up in a strong Christian home and I had a lot of feelings. And in that, um, that it just felt like I didn't know what to do with them. And so I spent a lot of times, like a lot of time journaling and, and listening to music. And I just, I especially love the melancholy space and listening to sad music and, um, that I think was like a place I went intuitively in stress. Mm. Um, and even still, when I'm really overwhelmed and really feeling critical about myself and the people around me, I'm, I notice now that like, oh, I just need to like, I need to be alone. Like I need to go into that withdrawn space of like alone, good music. Nature is huge for me. Like get out. Listen, I have some songs that are just like so tragically beautiful that it just like <laughs> is it's like my four space and it's yeah. a really comfortable space for me. Yeah. Um, and then did I answer your question. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I want to hear your other side of it too. It's seven. Yeah. I'm curious about with the four. Is there a, is there a line that you don't let yourself cross in regards to kind of that four space? Like, you know, uh, notoriously fours can, they don't, it's not required, but it can get, melancholy to the point of you know when you for lack of a better term darkness you I know yeah. is, is there a line where you're like oh no 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 like that's not i can't go to that like do you ever experience that or is that not not just not your world not really and um you know i think it's funny hearing people talk about their one line because i'm like that's not what it's like being a one but so i might be totally <laughs> this is just what i notice as my fourness like when i go there is i just I guess, yes, to a point, like if I'm journaling and I'm really angry, I will type my journal entry out and erase it because I feel like I don't want that to be in the world okay. kind of thing. So that feels like not okay. okay. I would never want to like find my journal and read these horrible things that I just had to get out. Yeah. So maybe that's where I'm like, I won't go there. But um, no, I am pretty comfortable being really in, I have, I've, walk through dark things myself and dark things with friends and I am like here for all of it. I'm not, okay. I don't feel like, Oh, this is uncomfortable to talk about this. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Cause I, are you that you're that way, right? Like when it comes to like that dark, like space either for yourself or for other people i'm justin i feel like i feel like justin is that way Justin's like i don't know i don't i don't want any part of this yeah yeah i, I mean justin's like i think we're breaking up yeah no I, I mean i guess it depends on what you mean by dark you know but right, um right. I, I guess if i was looking at it almost from a three it's like i there's just some things that will distract you from the mission which is winning at life and, <laughs> and like, you know, I, and oh, that is so well said. Yeah, like, I mean, that is really, really well said coming from a three. Yeah. Like, yes. I, like yeah, like, yes, some things bad, sometimes that's bad pizza. things happen and yeah. And it's like, that's great. But like, I've never been a sad movie guy. Like, you know, like if I find out a movie is sad, I will intentionally, like I, now I don't want, I don't want, yeah. I think of sad as like the, why would you want to, watch something you know is going to make you cry. That's how I do it. Like, <laughs> why would you want to be sad? Sad is not good. Aaron's like, you have no idea. No, sad, is, sad is not good. You know, so I it's will like, say there are certain times I can't go there. Like, have you guys seen A Star is Born with Bradley Oh, Cooper? brutal. Yes. yes. Okay. And I, I have no love interest that. Now that you said What's that? Now that y'all said that, like, yeah. you use the word brutal to describe a movie. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> it is brutal. It's brutal. And like, but it is like, I have to be in the right mood to watch it. I've watched it like five times, but I, I have to be like in the mood to go there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, um, and I also so. think of things like, I think of music, movies, books, things like that for me is a form of escapism and i want you don't want to escape to a dark place no no i yeah. want that's why like the, the office is like the best show ever created number one <laughs> number two i watch it literally over and Every over i i'll run through the whole thing like, i only have netflix for the office pretty much it's like yeah. the only it's on. yeah. and it's uh, almost it's almost done on netflix yeah so. nbc's I, already got I'm it i'm going there. wherever they go yeah, i'm, go I'm going there too yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. but it's like that it's like can i quote it yes have i seen it 20 times yes um but it's just kind of a a form of of escapism in a sense mm -hmm. um you know, I've been reading more, but I have a hard time reading at home. Like I come, I come in early and go to, to my office sure. and read. Cause at home, sometimes I just want to like, I'll have the office on. I'm leaned back on the couch and I got my iPad and I'm looking at whatever you look, you, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, I was reading about a new car the other day, like just random stuff, you just, know? So yeah. to me it's escapism. And so I don't, 
I don't want that's why I've never been into like me and you probably don't have like our taste of music is going to be very different Yeah, um, just because sure. that, but yeah. I, I get it. Like I, I don't, yeah, the whole Coldplay thing makes total sense now, by the way, like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> like this all makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 So, um, I'm, I'm down. I, I understand it for others. For sure. me, I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, so I, don't. I, 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 we, I, we laugh about Justin all the time. Cause we say he doesn't have a soul. Like we, yeah. we <laughs> we're there all the time well, with him. I like closely with my brother, Justin, and he's a seven, Yeah, but there's a lot of similarities in like, I'll just be like talking about this heartbreaking story of someone that I work with, like volunteer with. And I'm just, you know, and he's just like, like he cares, but it just hurts. He just wants to, you know, it's not like he doesn't want to hear it. It's just like, is. this is hard to like go there. And I just want to sit in it and talk about how hard that must be and what must that be like. And yeah, it, yeah, he's I, I understand you don't want to go there. Well, no, you know? And the hard part for me and part of my development is I'm trying to do better because I care, I care a lot about people, but sometimes I feel like I care about people in the context of the big picture or how we yeah. all play into the roles we each individually play for the organization. Sure. And that can't always be, that's not always the healthiest thing either, especially on a more one-on-one -on -one talk or something. It's yeah. like, I, I really care about people, but if I'm honest, sometimes I care about them in the big picture sense. Sure. And that's not, necessarily always yeah. the right way to think about it so i i'm because sometimes like i'll hear something you know you, somebody's going through something it's like yes i i do care you're going through it i just don't want to talk about it that long with you like <laughs> like counseling is not my gig yeah, not like for, i'm not, it's not, I'm, for lack of, it's not for lack of caring it's for not sure. for lack of caring it's just yeah. one i don't think i'm the most equipped I, i'm trying to be self-aware and say i'm not the best person for you to talk to Sure. So let's find you someone who is. I, I think yesterday was a prime example. We had uh, we had someone in the office yesterday. They were meeting with Justin about some logistical things for for the organization, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they met for two hours. And uh, you know, there was never a conversation about feelings or anything. I mean, mm -hmm. they were just you know, dot the well, i's, cross the t's. Well, and half the last half was not even. It was, it was just, just yeah, random, just, just random personal and, stuff. Just and I know, know, I happen to know this person is going through a couple things, and so on their way out, um, I said, "How are you?" And we sat and talked for an hour and a half on the complete other side of the spectrum, which I think, you know, me and Justin and I were able to hold that space well. Yeah, we're able to hold that space well because uh, I am that guy. Like, I don't mind sit. I can go into that place and I can sit there and we can do that whole thing, which is I think is really rare as an eight. I think that's when I'm channeling my two line a lot. Um, but uh, well, so I can sit in that space. And um, then you add in for me, let's be like. A lot of people like we're especially with COVID and everything else. There's a lot of people that are just like their their marriages, like you know. And yeah. and I'm not married and haven't been. <laughs> right. What am I gonna say to you yeah. about what you need to do better for your husband yeah. or, or yeah, the Bible says? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, like, that's that, not So to me, I find it. Um, I, I not just, a space in. No, so what am I going to tell this married couple yeah. or this yeah. woman who's like, you know, my husband, we're, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, so yeah, we, but we sit in that space, like yeah. he and I both sit in that space, but I was, I was curious for you about that in regards to the four and kind of going to that place. You know, it's funny. You, you talk about the movies and stuff like a star is born like that movie, like, um, for, for personal reasons, the end, like, the movie was phenomenal. And then the last five minutes, you're like, ah, you know, yeah. so it's like, man, this is rough. And for, you know, on my personal journey with me and my wife, like it made it even that much harder. So I was like, oh my gosh. Um, yeah. That's the one with Lady Gaga, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Which is, it really is a great movie. The last five minutes are hard, but it's a phenomenal movie. Uh, but I get Aaron, what you're talking about when you're referencing it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, um, so that's your four space. Talk us a little bit. So what does it look like on like your release line, your seven line? Like, so how does that work out for you as a one? Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny. I think that the seven is just like such a beautiful thing for a one to have access to because, you know, when I'm in an average to low average space, it's just overwhelm about all the details. And like one of my kids has a, you know, food intolerance and they have to be in bed at this time. Like, I just feel so like almost like a caged bird of all the structure I've created around myself. That makes me freaking crazy. Um, and a seven is also like a tap out. I got to have fun. Like I have to like yeah. let go. So intuitively, like I love change. I'm not your typical one in the way of like, I can't stand a changed plan or I can't, everything's on a spreadsheet. I'm, I'm not really like that. I think my oneness, um, manifests itself much more in like the way I do 
the things that matter to me. Um, and where the seven shows up is I hitchhiked through New Zealand when I was younger. I, one of my close friends who traveled the world with me, we just loved the idea of like being on a plane to Costa Rica and just finding a place to stay when we get there. Like just the, like, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen. And this is just the adventure. And, um, COVID has really brought out, you know, we go to these numbers, seven is my security number, but we also go to the high, medium, and low side of our lines. It's not just the high side of seven. So I've noticed myself in the, like, we've been home so much and everything's just heavy and whatever. It's like, I am normally a really frugal person and I have just been like this close to like buying a new car, buying a Peloton, buying two stand-up <laughs> paddles, buying, I mean, it's just like, get me out of this. And I am just, I went backpacking last weekend for the first time ever. And I'm just like, I'll do anything. Like, I just, I, I can tell that's my line to seven where I'm just like, I need to like free up my head. I need to get in nature. I need to, I don't care if there's bears, like we're going that kind of, <laughs> that kind of thing. So, yeah. so here's a question I have for you. This is like a fun question, right? Um, if you're going, you're like you're going on a road trip, right? Yeah. Um, and you get in your car and your husband's like, Hey, by the way, uh, I don't even know where we're going. What is the Love first it. thought that goes through your head? A, he would never, and B, <laughs> I'm the one, like we went to Italy a million years ago before kids, and it was like, I wanted to book the, we booked the first night in Italy and the last night in Italy, and we had two weeks in between. And he was, he's a six. He was like, this doesn't seem safe, and this seems, and I'm just like, this is amazing, like, worst comes to worst, we end up like sleeping on like a park bench in this amazing park in Rome, and like, he's just like, that sounds horrible. And to me, I'm like, think of the stories we'll have, you know, and like, where we'll end up and who we'll meet. And it was, he, you know, over the course of the trip, he was like, this is amazing. Like, if we were in a town we loved, we'd stay a few days longer. And if not, we were ready to move on. We always found a hotel or a hostel or whatever, and it was fine. Yeah. But I would love it if we were like, we have no, no plan. We're just going to drive. J Justin, what do you think of that thought? If someone told you, got, we're going on a road trip and then you found out you had nowhere to go. Uh, no, <laughs> no, complete waste of time. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, I would instantly call I, up where, what are all the best restaurants and best coffee shops, and we would just make our way. Yeah, okay, that that makes that, that's a little better. Yeah, if it was just like no agenda, I'm asking these questions to Justin because I already know their answers, and I think it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, but I'll say this: there are times where, like, um. I don't know. I think like sometimes we, we take off on Fridays, you know, it's like yeah. if I'm out running around, sometimes you just kind of want to like go for a drive, you know, like, so I do get it. Normally yeah. that's not, yeah, right, it, right, but, right. but I initiate that. Like if I got in your car and you're like, Hey, like if I took time out of my day to go hang out and we get in your car and you're like, yeah, we got nowhere to go. Uh, we're just gonna, I'm like, what? what? Like, okay. <laughs> no, we're not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let no. me out. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Like you just completely wasted my time. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> But no, that's cool. That, that's the weird part. That's very interesting. And I think that's great. I think that's a great tip for other ones to, and whatever it looks like for them, you know, like you've explained, you yeah. know, everyone is different, but to, how do you channel that seven to let go, to, yeah. to have no agenda or to have an agenda that even on the agenda is to figure out what you're going to do after you get there. I think there's just opportunities to let that breathe a little bit. I think, I think there's a lot of ones out there that as they implement that small practice will really start to feel a little bit of freedom. Um, I think that's huge. Yeah. So. It's taking yourself out of the courtroom and going and <laughs> doing something. I think you know. the courtrooms are really good analogy. I thought, yeah, when you said that, I said, wow, that's such a great analogy. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's so golden. I'm going to steal it and say, I heard a I voice. It, full, full disclosure. I stole it from my counselor. When she said that to me, I was like, that's exactly what I'm doing. Good. I built myself a courtroom and I'm the jury and I'm the judge and I'm also me in there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So do you, um, that that's the lines. What about wings? Do you find that you lean into one of the wings a little easier than others? Uh, yeah, than the other, I, or do you try to try to get into both? On the IEQ nine, I'm like one point off from a two. Okay. So, and I know that IEQ nine is so accurate and I know so because I asked Michelle, I'm like, is there a chance? I mean, I know I'm a one, but is there a chance that it was wrong? And she's, you know, it's using artificial intelligence to weed you out all the way through. Um, so I have a very strong two wing, which, 
there's a lot of positives, but I can tell, you know, my desire to be liked and appreciated and to please is very strong. And so I think being a one and being able to see what's needed in the room, like a two does, it's like the right thing to do is do what need what's needed in the business. And the right thing to do is to, to be what's uh-huh. needed in my home. And yeah, that's, yeah. Wow. That, that combination is really exhausting. Um, I'm trying to like develop that nine wing more, which to me feels more like being able to just like take a deep breath and be present in the moment that's here and not trying to, I don't know, maybe a nine could teach me how to do that. I don't, I'm not as in touch with my nine-ness at all. Okay. That's a goal. So it's just, the two is like, that's, yeah. you You could practically live in that space. If you weren't a one, you'd be a two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I have a question for you when it comes to twos, because I'm always curious about this when it comes to twos. We have a lot of twos in our organization. Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah. um, when you do that, I'm, I'm curious as a one that leans heavily into the two wing, if you experience this, when you do help, when you are that person that is there for your family or the room or your coworkers or whatever. Um, if that it, it, is there a very drastic level of expectation for reciprocation on that? Like, or as a one, is it just kind of like, no, I'm, I'm kind of just am there because I know I need to be there. Yeah. Well, I think what that makes me think of is the core motivation, even though I'm a very strong two wing, my core motivation is to do the right thing. Right. And so to me, um, I would say I don't feel the need for reciprocation until there's been none for so long ah. that I'm like, that's so not right. How have you gotten this far in your life without being like <laughs> reciprocating this? Yeah. So that's something that I, I do struggle with, but it's not initial. Like at first I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I love helping this person. I do. I'm so motivated by helping, which is great for what I do. It's like, I love coaching these people and feeling like the light bulb goes off and I help them. Yeah. They don't need to coach me back. That's not the relationship. we have. <laughs> right. 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 But in, a, but in a relationship, like a personal relationship where I'm helping and helping and helping, I definitely do have to check in with myself and be like, am I doing this because I want to? And if it wasn't reciprocated, would I still be okay with it? Or am I doing it because I'm trying to like manufacture reciprocation yeah yeah interesting yeah yeah yeah. no that's good or it's that core motivation that keeps coming back right i that's where the inner critic or that's where the critical of other people how how are they not like holding themselves to standard i'm holding myself to (laughs) right right that's a that's a dangerous and ugly place to be and i i struggle with that for sure yeah yeah, no, I could, I, I mean, I, I could see that being a thing. So, um, <clears throat> when it comes to blind spots, you know, as a one, I think one of the questions that's always helpful, um, are there like, you know, when you, when you talk about the blind spots as a one, what, like, what are those? Like we could read them online, like, we, but what, what, how do you see blind spots manifesting for you as a type one? Like, what is, can you think, like, can you think of any of that tangibly or anything like that? I wish I had my textbook here because I don't know, like when I've read the blind spots in, you know, our, our curriculum, um, I am like, Oh yeah, totally. And I don't remember specifically what they are. I have some of them. (laughs) Yeah. Just, I I did. um, Oh good. Did you have it pulled up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, ones may appear critical or impatient, even when they are trying to be constructive in interactions with others. Ones may be unaware of how irritation, anger, and resentment show up in body language despite their best efforts toward controlling and repressing these emotions. And when feelings, when feeling righteous about an issue, ones may struggle to move from this righteous position to accept, accepting that others may also have a valid, different perspective or response. Yeah. Yep, all those things. Uh, <laughs> I guess. She's like, yeah, move on. I, mean, I don't have a lot of one friends either. I need more ones in my life. Um, <laughs> um, I think that, yes, I have caught myself. It is really because I, um, like, my spiritual gift is exhortation and discernment. So, like, I really enjoy coaching because I can, I'm, I think that I'm good at quickly seeing, oh, this is where we need to work. But when I'm talking with friends or my kids or my husband or my siblings, I don't need to be the coach. And I, I can tell sometimes it's like on the tip of my tongue, like, 
this is this is what you should do and i have in my relationship with my husband i've grown a lot with just if people don't ask i just am like there to listen you know and so that has been incredibly a useful thing for me to practice when a sibling or a friend is struggling and just i know what it's like when i just want somebody to listen i don't want advice um and so that's that's a big shift for me to it's that nine wing actually of just Mm -hmm. taking a breath and just sitting with it and being like just listening instead of like oh i just have all these like tips for you (laughs) yeah Um, and the the um they say that the prayer for the one is the Alcoholics Anonymous prayer, the serenity prayer. And it's accepting, you know, God give, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Yeah. Um, with, you know, courage to change the things I can, I can ch- courage to change the things I can. It's not a problem for me. Mm. It's the, accepting the things I cannot change and just being able to take a deep breath and nod and be like, wow, that's really hard. I'm yeah. here. Thanks for sharing. I'm here for you. Yeah. You know, and the wisdom to like, know the difference. Right? And the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. yeah. Instead of being like, here's our five step plan we're going to kill it, you know? Yeah. Let let me ask you about, you know, the current state of where we're at right now in our country outside of COVID. uh, You know, are you, are you at all triggered for, as someone who has a desire for things to be right. And then you have your position, not asking us what position are, but when we see things like the social injustice going on in the world, you know, do you have a hard time? Like, for example, we, we joke a lot about, you know, we all have our own opinions and then we all have like Facebook friends who have the complete opposite opinion, Oof. you know, and it's just how, how, to, as a one, are you, are you making it right now in the world with things like this, all the social justice kind of stuff going on, whether it's Black Lives Matter or, you know, things like that? Yeah, I would say it's a cycle of taking in too much information Okay. And then overwhelm, and I have I have to fix this, which obviously I can't. And then coming back down to how do I fill my head with truth, which for me personally is being in nature, reading the word, listening to worship music, reminding myself of just God's character, mm. and keeping my life simple. And just this is this is what I can control and getting back to what's controllable for me. So filling my mind, like kind of ditching all the things I read over here and saying like, what is truth and what can I control? Wow. That that sounds like a tip, tip of the day, right? Tip of the day. Yeah. 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 That's good. I like that. I I spend a lot of time in this part. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I know it's like, I know, I I know I can feel it. Like, Oh, I got to get back to I gotta well, like get on a hike or like, like if you didn't do that, I could see it being I could see oof. you like wanting to be, I, I picture some of the people that I have like all my f- Facebook friends that you could almost sit all day and want to oh. right all the wrongs. Yeah. And correct yeah. correct their thinking or and that sounds one, it's it's a it's a you're not gonna win that you know i think that's super helpful you know one of the things that i've had to learn particularly uh, as an eight i don't like injustice um yeah and and that doesn't and it's easy to see that like in a social justice context and that does bother me uh the other thing that really bothers me too particularly like is cancel culture really bothers me i think there are voices that need to be canceled and we don't have to go down that trail but when i see people that it's like bro they said that 20 years ago like you could drum up stuff from two years ago i said that would be worse like you know what i mean and so we're talking about when we talk about that um what i've also resolved in my own mind in my own heart and i think this is kind of where you're at what i hear you saying is like i'm not anybody's savior like i'm i can't fix i'm not fixing the world here and even though that may bother me like you know, I need to pay attention to the things I can control, like you were saying, and really lock in on that. I think that's really key. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be helpful for people. Absolutely. So, um, well, as we're wrapping up, so we're doing this with all our guests. And so uh, it's, it's your turn, right? So I don't know if you follow Enneagram Ashton on Instagram no. or not. Um, no, I yeah, so she's got some really cool stuff, but she posts this deal. And so this is the game we play. It's kind of like a little rapid fire thing. Um, so it, it's a list of all the things for an Enneagram type one. And so it's like, what applies to you? Uh, okay. And so we're doing a scale of like one to five. So one is that doesn't really apply to me at all. Five is, oh my gosh, that should be above my 
you know, refrigerator or something. Uh, okay. And Justin made it necessary to give decimal points. So you yeah. can do like 3.5. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so we're going one to five. It's just a list of things. So here we go. Um, uh, organized. Okay, I'm gonna be, this is really, like, schedule or, like, your actual house? Just, just uh, being organized? Okay. Just being organized, uh, yeah. I think 3.5. 3.5. Uh, being structured? 3. All right. Um, efficiency? 5. <laughs> um, this. Oh, wow. Self-critic? 5. Okay. Uh, detailed? Good. 4. Okay. Um, ethical. Well, yeah, 3.5. 3. Ethical. Ethical. Ethical, I'd say 4.5. Okay. Honest. Same. Okay. 4.5. 4.5. Um, I mean, five. Who's like one? <laughs> yeah, no one says one. Well, yeah, we haven't got any one. Oh, I'm actually not that into, I'm not into honesty. <laughs> no. <laughs> Four and a half. Yeah. Uh, cool. Okay. Um, being on time. Two and a half to three. I'm not late. I'm, I'm on time to things that matter. That's I'm what not. I said earlier. Yes. My husband, my husband likes to go to movies 15 minutes early and I hate it. I'd like to go 15 minutes late when the movie starts. Yes. Like that. I'm like, no. Yes. So I don't know what you would call that. These need subcategories on time to what? Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> on time to this, I would never be like late, you know, cause that's, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be on off. I wouldn't be late to something that affects somebody else. I got you. Okay. That makes sense. That's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> with that strong values. I'd say five. Cool. Uh, responsible. Five. Uh, values. Truth. Five. Um, uses using lists and journals. Four. Uh, loves to plan. Hmm. Two and a half. Okay. Uh, right versus wrong. Yeah. Five. <laughs> Hardworking. Five. Uh, doesn't sit still. Five. I'm working <laughs> on that. Nine wing. <laughs> uh, values justice. I would say four there. This is hard. Four. Yeah. 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 Uh, and follows the rules. Again, like if I, if the rule makes sense to me, I'm a five. If it makes no sense, I'm not a, like if the speed limit is too low, I'm like, that makes no sense. <laughs> now, now we're talking. Justin, you and Justin are, you're talking to his spirit I mean, animal right 55, now. Who goes 55 on a four lane highway that no one's around? No, so nobody. That's, that's who. I argue, I'm not a rule follower if it makes no sense, but if it makes all the sense in the world, then. I'll I, argue with the cop that pulls me over. <laughs> about I had I had a cop now I had a cop pull me over and I, the speed limit was was thirty and I thought it was it was like a road that should have been forty five and I had no idea it was, 30. It was way too slow for this road and he was and I was doing like and I was doing like you know fifty so I was already. 45s. Yeah, you were five over there. So he's like, man, you were you know going pretty fast, and I was like, I was like, look, I need you to just level with me. <laughs> You know, 30 is too slow, right? And he, he's like, I just enforce what's there. I don't get to pick it. I was like, I just need you to admit 30 is ridiculous. And I'm never doing 30 down this road. So if you're here tomorrow, you'll catch me again. Like, this is not happening. <laughs> oh, man. But that's a perfect example of why you can't type somebody. Because somebody, if saw me dry, driving, they would never think I'm a one. Because yeah. they would think one would be like, or, you know, or whatever. And just like, well, yeah. that 30 miles an hour doesn't make any sense here. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. And what you said is really key because uh, I I went through this list with a another type one that we know, um, okay. and it was like five. It, it, there was like one four point five, and everything else was five. So your two okay. and a half and threes I think are really cool because it helps people understand. Like again, the enneagram doesn't put us in a box; it shows us the box we live in. But we're all different in that space, right? Um, and you know, I think that that's really really cool. So I think that's just awesome. So. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Aaron, um, before we go, can you tell everybody where they can find you if they wanted to see you on Facebook, Instagram, anything like that? Are you on social much? 
I am on Instagram. I don't know my actual password to Facebook, so I haven't been on there in like a million years. <laughs> I bet that is nice, though. I bet that is. Right, yeah, that just, sounds really I need to awesome. lose my yeah, password that to Facebook. Sounds really good. Yeah. It is the password. Yeah. That, um, so I'm on Instagram, Aaron O'Rannon. It's just my full name. So awesome. That's all. And then, yeah, I don't have like a website or anything. No, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. That's cool. I feel that. Well guys, that's it for episode three of the better today podcast. We want to thank you, Aaron, for taking the time out of your day to be with us, to share the, share with the world what it's like to live as a one and, and yeah, be right. in that skin. So we appreciate you being with us today. And, um, we hope everybody that's listening will go and uh, check out Aaron on Instagram. And, and, um, if you're with us, man, subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, share all those things. It means a lot to us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you can catch us on Twitter, Instagram, at Better Today Pod. Uh, if you want to track me down, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bradley underscore. And I'm at Justin Oswald underscore. Yep. So make sure you guys check us for the next episode of the Better Today Podcast. Like Justin already said, Aaron, thank you so much. We're so grateful that you uh, that you jumped on with us. So Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, so, guys. So uh, you guys catch us on the next one where we aim to help you uh, build the new you using the Enneagram so you can be better today for a better tomorrow. See you guys.